What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Views from the Baseline. This is Chevy in the building here. As always, you guys can find me at Baseline Chevy on the Twitter machine. And please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Baseline Times. www.baselinetimes.com is the homepage web address where you can see all of our amazing March Madness content. There is the March Madness Hub you guys can check out where our college basketball experts Cody and John have their content and they are a little distraught about their brackets. Uh, joining me today will just be Mr. Glowas himself here in just a moment. Uh, Cody couldn't be with us, but we are continuing on here our March Madness coverage for the 2021 tournament. And without further ado, Mr. Glowatz, how you doing, man? How are you feeling? I am exhausted, but I am uh, feeling amazing. That was basically exactly what the doctor ordered. I needed that after missing the tournament last year. Uh, my bracket is trash, but I don't even care. <laughs> I'm team chaos at this point. Uh, I I just want to I just want to keep keep injecting it straight into my veins. Yeah, so so we just got you here in the building today. Uh, Cody couldn't join us, but I'm, I'm sure he he probably feels the same about his bracket, especially uh, last time he talked about Texas and Ohio State. I'm State sure. Either. I'm sure wherever he is, he's uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's yeah. He's it's probably a mix of both uh, you know pain and pleasure. I imagine. Yeah, so I mean, you, you you just opened up the show here, man. Uh, obviously, you were you're down for the chaos. Uh, just just the opening reactions of of this tournament. So you know, we, you and I were talking about this before the show. We started Friday instead of a Thursday. How are you liking that, man? Uh, is it something that that can be good for the foreseeable future? Or I kind of like the Thursday. Let's go back to that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was kind of perfect the way it was. You know, let's keep it Thursday, Friday. I think they just switched it up this year to give people an extra day for, for COVID reasons. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll return to form, uh, next tournament. For sure. And I mean, by now I'm sure if you live and you breathe and you see sports, uh, there is a number one seed that is no longer with us coming out of the opening weekend, which the number one seed that we probably didn't foresee being out, which is Illinois. Uh, and also the big 10, man, Ohio State, Purdue. Uh, what's going on here, Glow? Uh, how are you feeling about this Big Ten situation? And especially coming out of that conference tournament uh, a week before, you know, Illinois and Ohio State went down to the wire with that in overtime. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm pretty surprised, to be honest. I think I, you know, I said on here last, uh, last time that I, I was expecting a big weekend out of the, the Big Ten. I thought they were going to have that advantage of of being uh in indianapolis for the big 10 tournament uh but i think i think two things are going on here so one i think the big 10 and and also the big 12 uh were both pretty overrated this year i mean you saw nine big 10 teams in the tournament and only one remains and that's michigan uh big 12 seven teams and only baylor is left both were both are one seeds and you know really sh they should make the sweet 16 with with pretty much uh without having to break too much of a sweat. Uh, now, I will say that I do think Illinois got a really rough draw there with Loyola Chicago. So, you know, it's not like a complete disaster on their on their part. But, um, yeah, they, uh, they should, as a one seed, be able to, to win that game. Uh, but I think on the other the other side of things, besides being a little bit overrated, is the thing that we might be, be seeing is a bit of the, what I'm calling like the COVID slog. You know, just the course of the season, fatigue, 
from not just from playing games, but from everything else, not being able to see family or friends, the constant testing, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, I think there was there was a quote that came out a little bit before the tournament from Baylor coach uh, Scott Drew saying that that some of his players were breaking up with uh, long term girlfriends just to be able to keep their bubble intact. Uh, now, wow. I don't know that that sounded like a bit of an excuse, like maybe some of these players are looking for a reason to get out of those relationships. But, um, you know, I think the reality is that, you know, some of these teams on paper are different than the teams that are showing up in, you know, in the, in the bubble or the controlled environment that is the tournament. You know, we saw this with other leagues. We thought, saw this with the NBA bubble. We saw this, uh, with college football to an extent, you know, teams like Penn state, uh, who underperformed not really because of the talent that they had on the field, but more for the kind of the stuff on the periphery surrounding COVID. So, you know, I think not, I'm not saying this is like an asterisk tournament, but I think it, it, you know, it does change the dynamic. So I think, I think those two things, the overrated factor of, of the big 10 and big 12 and, and COVID, you know, playing that factor is, is what we're seeing play out in front of us. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, you know, when we had done this episode last week, it, you were a little too early to peg some um, teams and, and you know, the Rutgers is one of the teams that you said could make a sneaky run. But and you're an honest man, Glow, so I feel like you'd be honest about this. <laughs> um, where was Oral Roberts in the picture for you to make a Cinderella run? Not at all. I probably <laughs> didn't even know Oral Roberts was in the tournament, to be honest. Fair, that's, that's fair enough. So, yeah, that. There, there we have it. We we do have a Cinderella after all. Uh, I guess you could call it be amongst For all sure. the upsets. Um, so it, it is Oral Roberts. Would would you say that's fair to call them a Cinderella? I mean, we got multiple Cinderellas in the tournament this year. You know, I, I'm like discounting the Pac uh, Pac twelve. I think you know, like a lot of those are high seed teams, but they're actually they shouldn't have been. But I mean, you know, we've got Cuse, we've got Oral Roberts. Uh, we've, we've got a couple of other, you know, high seated teams, maybe even Pennsylvania, Chicago in there as sort of a Cinderella, even though I thought they should have been a much higher or, or a much better seed than, than they were. So, I mean, I think we've probably got four or five Cinderella's. Yeah, absolutely. I can agree with that too. Yeah. Just work, looking through this it, to me, my, my head was exploding. I said, well, you know, who, there's no such, to me, I almost want to just cancel Cinderella teams. It's just, just say, you know, this is just a year that teams, that just never got an opportunity or, you, you know, just traditionally never got far into this tournament. This was a year an opportunity for them to do it. Some of them were focused, like you said, maybe COVID impacted them. And we saw that with the bubble, like you mentioned. So maybe that's, that was the case. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about in the first round here was how are you feeling about this automatic win for Oregon uh, out of the uh, Oregon and VCU matchup game going in? Um, you know, the game got canceled, obviously, uh, due to COVID. I believe they said was it six Rams players that tested positive for COVID? Uh yeah, I'm not sure the the total number, but yeah, I mean, I feel gutted for VCU, obviously. You know, I hope everybody ends up being okay. Uh from what I understand though, it was kind of a freak thing for VCU. And I mean, they said they were following all the the proper protocols and then they ended up having multiple positive tests uh in the day or two leading up to their game with Oregon. Uh so you know, it was it was pretty well after the point that a replacement team could have been slotted in. So, I mean, I guess with the plan that the NCAA had, there wasn't really anything else that could be done. Now you could maybe argue that, Hey, there should have been some replacement teams in the, in the bubble or in Indianapolis ready to go, you know, on the day of, and, I mean, I don't know. Like I think we've seen a couple of other tournaments do stuff like that. Uh, you know, 
I guess reasonable minds can disagree on, on whether they should or they shouldn't have, but they didn't do that. And yeah, uh, Oregon gets the, the, you know, the, the auto bid or, or gets the, um, gets the buy essentially. So uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's an advantage or disadvantage, honestly, at that point, yeah. but, uh, you know, that's what happened. Right, right. You know, and it's just, it's one less game you have to play. It's almost like a bye week, right? You know, you get that, yeah. that number one seed bye week if you're not, not number one seed, obviously Oregon, but, uh, they look pretty good in that second, technically that game, second game. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're Iowa, you've got to be pretty irate that that's the way it worked out because it certainly seemed to play out that way. Now, if it actually was that much of an advantage or if Oregon is just really that good, uh, we'll, you know, we'll see in next round. Right. We're about to find out here. Um, I wanted to ask you, how do you feel so far about the feel, um, that coming out of the first weekend, um, was there anybody that over or you know overachieved or overperformed for you? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's it's tough to say. There's so many you know Cinderellas here. Uh, I guess the the team that I wasn't expecting to be where they are now is probably Villanova. You know, I thought that they were going to be and and they did look like in the Big East tournament to be pretty uh, pretty much limping along without. Um, Without Colin Gillespie, their their All American point guard, and and Justin Moore, uh, their their second best guard, also uh, hemmed up there. So I thought they were going to go down to Winthrop, but they managed to gut that one out, and then they got lucky with uh, with an upset um, right. for their draw in the second round there against the uh, Mean Green, North Texas. So um, I guess they're they're I probably point to them as as the team that overachieved, but more so uh, due to the the draw than, than I guess too much on on the court. I'd say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And actually, that's a good one because you know you have your your upsets, you have your teams that you didn't expect to win that win won games. But I, yeah, I have to agree. I think Villanova. And it, the funny part is, I I believe I picked against them twice in the weekend, uh, especially on Tally's site. <laughs> so unfortunately, I, I picked Winthrop to win. And I picked North Texas to win, thinking that Villanova just just didn't have it on the court, like you mentioned. But uh, you know, the draw again, like you mentioned, uh, worked out in their favor. So yeah, I, I definitely feel I agree with that one. Um, how about you know? I think one of the biggest blowouts that we saw was the basically the last game of the second round, which was USC and Kansas, eighty-five to fifty-one victory for USC. Man. That was that the the game that you would have thought would have been that score? <laughs> no, I mean no, I, di- I didn't see the score coming at all. I think that's like Kansas's third worst loss of all time. Is that I don't know if I, I read that somewhere. Maybe it's their third worst loss in the tournament. I think it might be all time, honestly. Um, so I yeah, that that kind of came out of nowhere. I did have USC winning that game, and I and I did have Kansas as an overseeded team, but I I, I didn't think it was going to be by that margin at all. Yeah, it's Kansas. It's their worst ever uh, tournament loss, basically. So, uh, yes, indeed. Uh, they did not accomplish moving on and beating the Trojans at all, which, uh, by the way, you know, Cody's not here with us on this episode today, but I- I'm big on Evan Mobley, man. I am a yeah. fan. I really would like to get him in an Orlando Magic uniform. <laughs> so, hey, man. He uh, for sure. He he. I mean, I think we'll talk about this a little bit later on. But he's he might be working his way into the number one overall pick. He really might. 
Yeah, and I think yeah, I I you know Cody was really big on him. I was like, all right, Cody, I I listen to you for this one, and and getting a chance to see him, his footwork, his basketball IQ. You know, we talked about this. I think we're getting to see a feel of players in this tournament that are just definitely smarter and better basketball players, better skilled players. And uh, Evan Mobley is one of them, man. I really really like his game. I like what I saw. Uh, he's a little bit more patient with the basketball than a younger guy would be, uh, that than I would imagine at least. So. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like uh, USC is a team now that I would favor. Uh, would you say, I mean, the Pac-12 teams here um, that have been playing in this tournament, man. Uh, what can you say about the Pac-12, John? Tell tell the people that we got to give our respect to the Oregon State Beavers, yeah. <laughs> the Oregon Ducks, UCLA is up there now. How do you yeah, feel man. about the Pac-12? Yeah, I mean, no, they've, they've uh, I mean, I guess to go back to your question of like who overachieved, I guess they ha- like per their seeding they've overachieved, but they really don't look like they've overachieved for the actual talent that they've had on the floor and and how they've dominated games. But I mean, it really seems like they have uh, been massively underseeded and underappreciated all year. Uh, I mean, you, you got just you know stars popping out. Uh, Oregon State, man, like you know they were a 500 team in in the Pac-12 won the Pac-12 tournament. Um, they were the team that I thought Georgetown was going to be coming in to the NCAA tournament. Um, but, you know, just, just a super, super fun team to watch with uh, with Ethan Thompson and, and Roman Silva there. UCLA, they've got the uh, the J guys, the uh, Jamie uh, Jaquez Jr. And, and Johnny Juzang just lighting it up. Juzang's probably going to be, a, you know, a, a first-round pick in the NBA draft as well. Uh, the 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 Oregon Ducks, man, they were the um, uh, the Pac-12 regular season champion, and they get a seven seed, you know. And they've they've got they've got dudes popping out all all over the place. Chris Duarte, uh, just just a massive uh, th- uh, throttling of Iowa, twenty three points and seven assists. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, what what more can we say about USC that we didn't already say? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, another uh, disappointment here, uh, maybe just to go off to the side really quick, Georgetown, man. Georgetown was coming in hot, like you said, and uh, whew, right, off, right off the bat. Yeah, and they didn't look particularly good. I mean, hey, they were a 12 seed. It is what it is. You know, they didn't even look particularly good for being, being a 12 seed. But, uh, hey, you know, they had, they had an amazing run in the Big East tournament, and, uh, you know, Patrick Ewing owns the Garden. You know, maybe if uh, maybe if they're <laughs> if the NCAA tournament was being played in the Garden, they would uh, they would they would have kept their run going, but uh, it was not to be in Indianapolis. Now, the nice thing about you, man, love that you have Idols of March. Uh, you are coming out of this weekend with some new idols for the 2021 tournament. Yes, sir. And uh, fresh article out today on BaselineTimes.com. Tell the people, man, who you liking so far. Yeah, so the, the basic idea is these these idols of March are, are kind of star breaking stars coming out from Cinderella type teams and, and really taking over the tournament. So two of the guys that we had our eyes on ahead of the ahead of the tournament here were Cameron uh, Crutweg, the the center from Loyola Chicago, the big man, uh, and and Chris Duarte, who we just talked about, the guard from Oregon. But there were a lot of guys that that really made a splash that I didn't see coming. And so the first one there would be Buddy Bayheim. Obviously, you recognize the last name. He's the son of head coach for Cuse, Jim Bayheim, 
he went off for 30 and 25 points respectively in in Cuse's first two games, just lighting it up from three, going 13 from 23 downtown so far. The next two guys I got are are both on the same team, that Oral Roberts team that we talked about, Kevin O'Banner, who's a forward, and, and Max uh, Abmas, the guard, just just crushing. They're, they're, uh, Oral Roberts' entire team dropping 30 points, 28 points, 29, 26. So they're, they're right there neck and neck with each other, just essentially just just filling it up every night. Uh, so Oral Roberts, hats off to them. I don't I don't like them to go any any further, but uh, they, I mean they've been probably the story of the tournament so far. And then and then a couple of the teams we talked about Oregon State and UCLA. Uh, I had Ethan Thompson and, and Roman Silva there from Oregon State, maybe breaking out to be one of these idols in March. I don't have them there quite yet. And UCLA, the the J Boys, as we were talking about, uh, Jamie Jaquez and and Johnny Juzang, either one of them, uh, uh, kind of similar, not clearly emerged yet but uh but could be right there if, if either one of those teams goes on on a deeper run i like the list man honestly i, I can't disagree at all um you know i think the, the obvious folks that we talked about coming into this tournament last week was evan mobley kate cunningham uh those are the big names of the tournament um obviously the entire gonzaga team for your in your case uh but you know uh kurtwick uh is He's one of a kind, man. I'm a little disappointed looking at these NBA draft boards that he's not up there. But I feel like this guy has the skill and the IQ and the basketball mindset just to win some games, play some defense. I mean, I don't know what else to say, you know, besides the Twitter jokes that I see about him. Yeah, he might be playing his way into uh, into a first-round draft pick here. You know, I think he's a guy who's and he's displayed so far in the tournament. He's he's got he's got a really nice touch. He's got really great instincts for the game. He obviously doesn't have the typical the prototypical size and athleticism that, that the NBA scouts would be drooling over. But you know, he he wins basketball games, and he, you know he's he's got his team his team doing it. So he might be playing might be playing his way into that first round draft pick. I do think his floor. Is probably a little bit lower, or or a fair amount lower than, uh, than than maybe a lot of the other guys in that same position. But but his ceiling is is definitely way up there. Rewind. All right, John. So let's take an angle here for a little fun. Uh, we're going to basically give you a second chance in the Sweet 16 here. Uh, we'll reset the field. Final 16 teams. We talked a little bit earlier about some of the upsets and, you know, where the bracket's at now. What we know, what we can see here on paper, who benefits right now at this point? Does Gonzaga benefit? Baylor? Any of the number one seeds left? Any other seeds benefit better? We talked about Villanova. Obviously, I don't think they're going to go Final Four. What you got for me? So I think the the initial answer for me about who benefits is, is Arkansas. So... At least, at least in the Sweet 16 here, they get they get a two instead of getting a two seed, they get 15 seed Oral Roberts, who you know as we talked about, fantastic team. I think they're clearly better than a 15 seed, but they, for my money, are, are the worst team left in the field. So they've, as we mentioned, they've got two guys in our in O'Banner and and Abmas, and if you can get a good defensive team that I think Arkansas is that can limit those two, not even completely shut them down, just limit them. I think I think that's a, that's a, a W for for Arkansas. 
So I like that draw for them. Certainly they benefit instead of having to play a two seed there, but I don't think they're going to get past that game. I don't think they're going to get past the elite eight. So the team that I think benefits, although it's tough to say, I mean, maybe they, I mean, they beat a one seed already, so maybe they're, you know, they, they would just carve down anybody in their path uh, is somebody we talked about already is that Loyola Chicago run and ramble their team. Uh, so, you know, I love them. I think they're they're even better than than I thought. You know, I, I knew they were good before the tournament, but I was not I was not truly sold. I wasn't quite believing the advanced metric hype. Uh, but I, so I I see them as as having that that nice sweet path to the to the final four now, and and, and the the biggest uh, beneficiary of of all of uh, of the upset and and madness. I got to agree. I, I think the Ramblers have the best chance based on what happened in the first weekend. Um, you know, obviously Oregon State, that's who they have next. And they they win that game. And you're, you're either playing Houston or Syracuse. And I, I'm looking at like the East region. And I, I, I pick Alabama. You pick Alabama. I know Cody didn't. But, you know, I feel that might line up the way we, we see it. I think it gets a little bit better for them. Um, Michigan, you know, they're going to be playing Florida State. So depending on which way you roll there, you know, Glow, I think Bama obviously does does the duty and, and, and heads over to the Final Four out of that that region. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I, I'm sticking with, with what I had before, uh, which was the Zags, Bama, and Baylor in, in the other regions there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously – you know, at this point, you kind of throw out the seeding a little bit with with the the teams that are left in the in the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I think uh, yeah, I, th- I think that that's pretty much the way it plays out. All right, and you know, I have to ask though, who do you got in your Final Four at this point? We, we completely reset the field for you. What's the new Final Four this week? Yeah, so it it, it is it is what we said just now. Throw those three teams in, and then. Throw in Loyola Chicago, man. I think uh, in that in that region, I think Houston is a fraud. I think they're they're going to have their toughest test against Cuse to get to the Final Four. I think uh, Loyola has been there before. They've been there recently. Porter Moser is the hottest coach in the country, and and he's going to get any open job that he wants in the offseason if he wants to leave. Uh, Crutweg and and the rest of the upper classes has been to that Final Four. Uh, a couple years ago, so you know, I think I think they're they're in. You know, I think uh, it's going to be uh, Loyola, it's going to be Gonzaga, it's going to be Bama, and it's going to be Baylor. I have to agree, sir. I, there's nothing else that I would want to see at this point for entertainment purposes out of this um, this uh, tournament so far. Um, now, looking at your bracket, you have picked Gonzaga, and that would be your final decision. You haven't. I'll, I'll give you an opportunity. You're you're still going Gonzaga all the way. Yeah, man. They've they've been the best team all year. They're the best team on paper. I'm not going to change it now. the The thing that I worry about with them is lethargy and and um, I worry about the pressure that might be mounting on them going undefeated. So like they even 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 now, two games through the tournament, they really haven't had a close game. Uh, in in multiple months, you know the they've they've won every single game that they've played by ten or more points, except for uh, they beat West Virginia by five back in early season when when Jalen Suggs went out for for a little while. 
So a little bit, a little bit worried. Like they, to me, there, there's no, there's no debate. They are the best team in the country. A little bit worried about these other factors, but uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna change my mind on it. You know, I gotta, gotta keep running with them. Absolutely, I gotta agree with that. And uh, Creighton, man, just as a side note, made it this far. Are you surprised about that, dude? I'm super surprised that this is the first time that they've ever made a Sweet 16. Like, it's insane to me. I'm, like, yeah. I, I expected him to make it, uh, but I, I saw the headline. Oh, Creighton makes his first Sweet 16 ever, and I'm like, what? Are you serious? Never made a Sweet 16 before. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. If there's one number one seed that falls after this weekend who is it uh michigan yeah they they have to at this point to make our brackets look a little bit better <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, you know I, for the sake of our brackets we'll get a little extra points you know for getting bama and gonzaga in the uh the final four round there absolutely um but yeah the games pick back up on saturday the 27th so so we got bama we got gonzaga we got the Ramblers and the Baylor Bears in the Final Four. I, I think that's solid, man. I think most people are content with that, though. I think it'll be a good show so far. I, I'm excited to see uh, definitely Baylor's games. Uh, I, I like watching. I like to. I like seeing what they did against Wisconsin, man, because I think Wisconsin had a really good fight against them, and mm-hmm. they they control the game, though. They didn't force things. They were patient. Uh, you know, it, we're like, okay, you know, we're not going to sit and win by 21 points. You know, we're okay. We're okay with winning by 13 points. If it's, you know, a, an eight point game, a 12 point swing, and eventually just, just cruise and go, go home and, and, win, and win the game and, and, and live another day, man. I think that that shows a lot about a certain teams. So I think for me, my stock went up on Baylor, uh, my, you know, my impression of them um, for the purpose of my backer being right. Yeah. I think Michigan goes down another, another big 10 team. <laughs> Losing. The last one. The, the last, last one. one. You know, you know, I think it's like a target on their back. Yeah, coming into this weekend, man. Yeah, and I, with without Isaiah Livers too, you know, that that's that's gonna be tough. Yeah. Maybe they don't go down this next round, but I, I don't see them making the final four. Absolutely. Glow, uh, it's been a pleasure, man. We are here again just to recap the first, second round, getting to the sweet sixteen talk here. Uh, we, we should have Cody back hopefully by next week and we'll talk about his bracket, what he's thought about this tournament so far. Any shout outs, any, any plugs for you today? What are you working on, man? Tell the people. Oh uh, yeah. So just doing some more, uh, more college basketball articles. They'll be coming out on, on the baseline times.com or on baseline times.com. Uh, so be ready for those. I'll have a couple wrap up articles or at least one coming out. There's actually college football going on this spring if if anyone is surprised to hear that uh i'm talking about fcs college football but it's still it's still a ton of fun so i'm, I'm probably not going to really get into that until the the playoffs but i'll probably have an article coming out on that on baseline times as well nice nice so where can the people find you at man so yeah find me on on twitter at pod northeast find me on baseline times uh and uh and that's probably the best places and by, by the way, you were, um, I believe, fourth place on the money line predictions coming out of the second round, man. <laughs> yeah, man. You know what screwed me was um, was forgetting to uh, to pick that Illinois game. 
even if I lost, so everybody ahead of me in, in first through third place, they were all 12 and four and I was 12 and three. So I guess they, uh, they do even though I had a better overall percentage, they docked me for not picking the game. Right, right. Which is fair. You know, the more you pick, the more you get right. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm sitting here like, hey, man, I had a better overall percentage. Isn't that like if you're betting, don't you want like, wouldn't you want that? Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, you went from 70 to 80 percent. So, you know, we got to call you Mr. 80 percent soon, man. But I, I would tell the people, look out for your uh, expert picks once we get them up uh, for, you know, the uh, Sweet 16 rounds that start up. So we'll probably push those swords in the week. Just take a look at BaselineTimes.com. Uh, Glow, it's been a pleasure, man. We will chat next week. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it.